Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam. And together, we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So today we get to hear from Angela and we're looking at the topic of being tender hearted. Angela, would you kind of give us a little introduction of what that means and what you're going to be sharing with us today? Sure. So not that any of our uh, time together isn't this way, but this one particular is very close to my heart. Um, kind of came out of some things God was working on in me as a wife and as a mama. And in particular, um, something that a friend had said to me early on when I was kind of venting um, about my husband, actually, and it was a friend who's a believer. And she said to me, as I was, you know, in my mind, thoroughly justified in what I was venting about, you know, I just wonder if, if you can picture this, if we really think that someday we will stand before God and stomp our foot down and say, that man, he blah, 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 blah. And it just literally whacked me upside the head with this um, reality that, gosh, I wasn't really understanding the grace of God myself and therefore wasn't applying it to my husband. And just um, he began this journey of revealing how quickly I fall into a place of being a hard hearted woman. And you've you've mentioned that before, you know, mm-hmm. God removing a heart of stone from us. And so um, I just I really felt led to kind of spend some time talking about how God wants to shape us to be women who are tender hearted. Mm. So how do you think that this will apply to women who aren't married? Oh, goodness. So I'm I'm going to be, and we don't do this often, but I'm going to be pretty specific in this one about how I think God can use these principles to apply to marriage. But the fact is, when we are hard-hearted, when we are not experiencing God's grace and truth, um, it affects how we treat other people. And of course, primarily, that's going to affect the people that are closest to us that we spend the most time with. But if you're not married, that means it's going to affect your, your closest family. Family members. It's going to affect your closest girlfriends. It's going to affect your brothers in Christ. It's going to affect your coworkers. And so um, I'll try to make a point as we go through today to, to remind us of that. But if you're listening and you um, are not married, girlfriend, this is still going to apply and you're going to find ways to really, I pray, take to heart, tender heart, <laughs> what he wants to say to us. That's good. That's good. Because I think sometimes when we feel like it's about a particular area of life or a role that we fill, mm-hmm. we think, well, this doesn't apply to me. So yeah, we check out, right? We, we oh, do. To listen to that. We do check out. And I, I just spent, as you know, I spent a weekend speaking at a youth retreat and I taught from Ephesians five, which we're going to be in Ephesians today, but I talked from Ephesians five and the role of husbands and wives. And I looked at all them. I'm like, you might be thinking, what, why are you teaching me about these things? And and I explained to them, it's because right now, none of you are husbands and wives, but you don't know if that's the Lord's will for you down the road. So how can you prepare for that kind of relationship? And then even if it isn't part of your calling, how can you support those who are husbands and wives? And so what is it that's expected of your mom and your dad or your your sister and their spouse that you could come alongside and kind of help support that institution of marriage, even if you're not in that institution of marriage. So that's good. That's yeah. Good challenge. So I think that's the same for today, right? It's not necessarily for, it may be for us 
if we are wise, but it may be for us to come alongside somebody else with. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. So would you like me to read the scriptures here? Oh, do, please. Okay. <laughs> well, let's dive in. You guys are going to hear my Bible uh, pages turning here. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 4. I'm picking up with verse 17. And I love the heading in my Bible. It says, living as children of light. Mm. Isn't that good? I know after our salt and light episode, every time <laughs> I see light, I think, there we go. There it is again. So with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against mm. him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you you. Amen. Amen. I cannot hear that passage ever. Um, the Holy Spirit, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption or your version says guaranteeing that you'll be saved. That's just such a, mm. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm in awe about how scripture reveals scripture. And confirm mm -hmm. scripture. I, there are so many things that we have talked about in this season that is relevant. We've talked about being renewed in our thoughts and our attitudes to put on our new nature, to, mm -hmm. to move in the light that God has called us to. And so I'm excited for you to unpack it with these kind of bookends of hard-hearted and tender-hearted mm. that this passage has for us. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Go for I it. I want to say this too. I want to just affirm with you, Lisa, for those of you guys that are watching or listening rather, <laughs> um, just that it uh, it's exciting to us to see the way God seems to be weaving together the passages that we're studying. And so I hope that you're able to see that and and hear that as you listen from episode to episode. And um, we, we want to hear your feedback. So if God's doing that with you too, leave us a comment below um, the show notes. Or, or message us and just let us know because it's it's kind of blowing our minds and we're praying that it is yours too. <laughs> mm, good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So hear. let's talk about um, we're going to kind of this first part get into this the idea of hardness of heart and um, it's kind of icky and we don't want to talk about it. We want to avoid it. But I think it's really important for us as women to face this 
reality that we can become as women hard hearted, which affects all of our relationships. Um, and one of the things that can make us hard hearted um, that I want to talk about first is the lies that we believe. And we've talked about this concept before in, you know, being transformed and being made new. Um, but what we take into our minds, what we take into our thoughts um, from the world around us affects what we believe, what we think. Mm-hmm. Um, in verse, verse 17, Paul says not to think as the Gentiles do and the futility of their thinking. Um, and I think something that we need to recognize as women is we right now, especially maybe more than ever in history, are bombarded with information and entertainment from every angle. We've got magazines, we've got books, we've got digital magazines, we've got our social media scroll. We have all of these, you know, Netflix, what you name it. And some of those things are really good. And it's our prayer that this, you know, this outlet is good for you. Um, but some of those things are not truth that we're putting in. And I think in particular for me in the cold winter months, I want to curl up with my hot cocoa and watch a show on Netflix. And some of those things that I would choose to, to watch subtly, however subtly, maybe influencing my thought with um, Mm -hmm. lack of truth. And um, one particular thing that I think, and there are some big, um, Big names for this concept, but I'm just going to keep it in simple language for us. This idea that life stinks and then you die. And uh, my daughter and I have talked about this a lot. A lot of the movies that are out um, and books over the past couple of years, specifically aimed at teens, um, Mm -hmm. but as women as well, targeted toward us. They're these, you know, sweeping love stories that end with something horrible happening. They're these, you know, sweeping stories of beauty and then somebody dies at the end and there's no hope. There's no glimmer of, um, they're just, it's kind of almost like this wallowing in darkness, wallowing in hopelessness. And I think that's kind of what Paul is referring to here when he says, don't think like the Gentiles do. They're futile in their thinking. They're Mm -hmm. hopeless. Um, and so that's kind of the first one is I want to just challenge us not to settle for futile thinking, not to settle for the lie that, you know what? It stinks and there's no hope. And especially specifically, in I think the area of marriage parenting, I, I see this too. It's a personal struggle. And, and Lisa, I want to hear from you what you mm-hmm. think, but sometimes it just seems so stinking hard, you know, and I just want to go fine, forget it. And my husband will tell me that I'm, I'm, I'll admit I'm the first one to do it in our marriage, but he'll challenge me on it. No, nope, babe, you don't get to just say, forget it and walk away. We got to work through this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you ever struggle with that or have you? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. And it's interesting because this was all the conversations I was having over the weekend with these teenagers is that um, they are each struggling with something. Uh, Some were struggling with a parent who walked out and was not making wise choices. Another was struggling with health issues. Another was struggling with being in a family that's highly dysfunctional. And they all, uh, one was struggling with choices that she's made that she knows don't line up with what God's word would say for her. Mm-hmm. And the theme that kept emerging was, uh, I can't get it right. It's not going to get right. I can't get it better. And I thought that was so interesting because there's that hopelessness in the NLT translation that I read, for they are hopelessly confused. And and I think that hopeless confusion comes because we believe that suffering isn't part of the gospel. Mm, Oh, yeah. Right? That's so so true. So if we believed that suffering is what we are commissioned to experience in Christ, 
then we look at our suffering differently. And uh, an expression came out with one of the girls I was talking with. I said, you're defining yourself by your illness, but that's not who you are. That's Mm -hmm. what you've been given the opportunity to endure. So what does it look like to say, hi, my name is, and I'm enduring fill in the blank for the glory of God. Yes. And And that's the difference. That's the difference between being children of God and being those without hope, as Paul says, the Gentiles, futility of their thinking with God with or without God. Our suffering has no point. Life stinks yes. and then you die. Yes. In yes. Christ. Yes. It, we do suffer and it has a point. <laughs> yes. Yes. It can be redeemed. Sometimes it can be relieved. Sometimes we have to endure. Yeah. It, it's a different way of thinking. It is. Keep and, going. Yeah. Go there. All right. So, yeah. Keep going with this. Is, another lie that we believe, um, we, we're, we're going to be hurt if we trust that person and specifically mm-hmm. in the area of marriage. And I, I forgive me. I can't remember if I've shared this before, if you're listening, I'm sorry if you've heard it once, but, uh, growing up, I was, um, told this lie. You can never trust a man. You got to look out for number one. And, um, that played itself out in quite a few ways, uh, in the, in the women in my, past where they became bitter, angry, hard-hearted women who did all kinds of things to try to make themselves feel better about life, but really Mm -hmm. resulted in them being lonely, Mm -hmm. um, being unfulfilled, being miserable. And, uh, for a lot of years, I didn't really see that part of it. I just heard that, that little refrain in the back of my head, you can never trust a man. And that played itself out in marriage for me in that my assumption about my husband's motives, my assumption about his actions was always the negative. It was always, Mm. he's going to hurt me. He's doing this to hurt me. He's, you know, um, and so I would, I would lash out in ways that, um, weren't good for either one of us that certainly weren't good for our marriage. And I think we'll kind of get into that in the next part of this episode, but, something to really be aware of. Um, if we're afraid of being hurt, if our actions are driven by that, that's mm-hmm. a lie from Satan. Um, yeah. And understanding that idea of suffering, again, can help us to put that into context, that even if we are hurt, God won't waste that. He promises right. that. Um, then I think something interesting, too, that comes out in this passage um, that I want to bring out is that it says their futility, the futility of their, I'm sorry, the hardness of their hearts leads to ignorance. And I think this is something that, um, again, as women, we want to be aware of is that when we um, when we think outside of the way Christ tells us to think, when we think uh, in opposition to the gospel, that leads to a hard heart. And then that hard heart leads to ignorance, which is wrong thinking. So it's almost like this this nasty cycle that is building. We believe wrong things because we put those wrong things into our head. We let those become priority Mm -hmm. over soaking in the gospel, soaking in the word of God, feeding ourselves the truth. That makes us hard-hearted. And then we're these ignorant women who walk out that ignorance. So I just I just want to challenge us, first of all, to fight against the lies that the world wants to throw at us that we maybe have, have been taught in the past or that we've begun to believe because of our experiences. Mm. And then the second thing that um, I think leads us into hard-heartedness is the actions that we take. And that's kind of part of that cycle. So um, 
I, I had a, I'm going to say a grandparent in the faith early on who would always say stinking thinking leads to stinking living. Mm. And it's an old fashioned, you know, kind of funny saying, but I remember thinking, I don't even know what that means. But over the years, I've started to understand that when we believe wrong things, when mm -hmm. we put those wrong things into our heads, that affects our habits, our actions, um, I'm, I believe that I'll never be fulfilled in marriage or that my husband's only out to get me. So I'm going to X, Y, Z. I'm going to settle in with the glass of wine and Netflix every night. Cause why bother? I'm mm -hmm. going to feed myself things that aren't good for me. I'm going to, God forbid, worst case scenario, leave my husband, you know, mm -hmm. find someone else. So that, um, our actions, the habits that we form begin to make us hard hearted. Um, and there's something, I don't know, I, I kind of want to explore this just a little bit. There's this interesting phenomenon that um, I've, I've been reading about recently that happens within the sex industry um, where women start to come, and men too, start to come to a point where they separate themselves, their hearts, their souls from their bodies. Um, mm. And they begin to, oh, it almost is like a split identity thing where this is what my body's doing and it may be... Um, you know, in the pornography industry in particular, I was a theater major. So that's intriguing to me. Um, I'm separating myself from that. That's not who I am. And it leads to some really horrific um, mental states that people are in. And that's like, you know, big dramatic example. But I think the smaller example of that is um, when we start to get caught up in habits that God says aren't for us, and we kind of get into that in this passage, do, you know, put away falsehood, um, speak the truth, um, don't let corrupting talk come out of your mouth, um, let bitterness and wrath and anger, those are actions that God's calling us away from. He says they're not good for us. They don't represent who he is and who we are as mm -hmm. children of the Lord. But when we begin to make those habits that we are performing on a regular basis, when we begin to commit ourselves to those actions, there's a sort of separation that happens mm -hmm. um, between our heart and our mind and our body. And that's not how God designed us to live. He designed us as one whole person, body, mind, soul. They're connected together. And so I just, I don't know, I kind of just want to explore that a little bit, that idea as women, you can't separate what you're doing <laughs> from who you are at your heart. Does that yeah. make sense? Did oh, I yeah, absolutely makes sense. It, yeah, I agree with stinking thinking leads to <laughs> stinking living. It's it's what we believe is what we do. I mean, in coaching, we talk about that from a perspective of core values. Yeah. And I say core values is the silent partner. It's what oh, we yeah. it it's what's making us move into action rather than what we say we believe. And there could be a disconnect. And so I think biblically, like we, we have to look at what is the fruit to discern the root. And, yes, yes. and so if there is the fruit of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, uh, slander, all types of evil behavior, if there is the fruit of sun going down on our anger and living in impurity and sinning and sexual immorality, then the question isn't stop, how do we stop that behavior? The question is, what is fueling that behavior? What's the thinking, stinking thinking behind, <laughs> behind that living? And that's the hard part to deal with the core beliefs that are leading to actions. Yeah, you, you summed it up really well. I, to, I 
hundred percent say amen. (laughs) I want to kind of just sort of bring it home with this, these two concepts. Um, and these, these relate back to some things we've talked about in earlier episodes being transformed, um, being made new. And that is putting off the old self helps to soften our hearts Mm -hmm. as we begin to change our actions. And it may be one little pinprick of a thought that God's put into your mind as you're listening today. Mm -hmm. This one thing that you're doing, it may be a whole lot of things, set it, write them down on a piece of paper, set it aside and start praying over it. But maybe just one thing that God may say, you know, this is, this is making you hard hearted towards me. And then if you're married, that may be affecting you as a wife and how you treat your husband. And then the second thing is this being renewed in our minds, which we know, and we say over and over again, that happens by spending time in the word, the Holy spirit will teach us Mm -hmm. as we are renewed in our minds. It helps our hearts to become more tender. Um, I'd love to give a practical example of that, that I I worked out with a teenager over the weekend. She said, well, what am I supposed to do when that text message comes in? And I said, well, what do you currently do when that text message comes in? And she says, well, I feel like I need to respond to it. And I said, what is the thought going through your mind that's making you feel like you need to respond to it? And she's like, honest? And I said, yeah, honest. Get honest with me here. And she said, I just want to be loved. Mm. And I said, okay, well, let's go there. Is that love? The true definition of love is that love. And she said, no. I said, how do you feel after you respond to that text message? She said, terrible. Mm. I said, okay, so you need a new action plan. What would a new action plan be? And she said, well, when that text message comes in, I need to say, that's not going to make me feel loved. And I said, yeah, that's a great action plan. So now she's Mm -hmm. moving into that truth. Like, what is the truth versus what is the lie? The truth is that action will not make me feel loved. Yeah. And I, and I said, but are you emotionally and spiritually strong enough to be able to declare that truth every time so you react differently? And she said, probably not. And I said, that's, in a, that's making um, it really profoundly true to you that you need power and strength in you because you're weak in this situation. Yeah. And so then I said, how do you think you're going to get that power and strength? And she goes, I don't know. I'm like, well, who can you confide in and confess this to that can hold you accountable? And she, we talked that through. And then I said to her, I said, do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord? Because mm-hmm. the power that you want that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is only alive and active in you yes. if Jesus is your Lord. Yeah. And she said, well, I've never actually really prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've never said he's my savior. I said, well, then Mm. that is the first step. Are you willing to do that? And in that conversation right there, she said yes to Jesus and we prayed. And I think that's so critical for our, our listeners to think about, like before you try to tackle the areas that God says to get rid of, the first question is, are you giving God access to those areas yeah. by putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that then you have access by the Holy Spirit to the power that's at work in, in Jesus that can be at work in you to give you the strength and overcome. And then to not be so naive to think that power alone is the only way God works. 
because he also says, confess your sins one to another and you shall be healed. So who can you do life with to help you overcome these areas is as important as allowing Jesus to have full access to your heart. Yeah. And you know what's so cool, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in part two, is that as we begin to walk those things out, it's like working out our muscles, we're going to be stronger. Yes. And that's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to, you know, always point that back. Um, but I, I think maybe that's a good place. I, I think you asked us our first challenge question, and that is, are you a daughter of the King? Are yeah. you have, have you accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life? Have you repented, turned away from, that's what that word means, the old self, the dead self? And, um, are you his, and, um, we just want to challenge you in that. Um, is that true? Is that who you are? And if it is who you are, then he's got something to do in you. And, um, the second question is, is there, is there any way that you have allowed a hardened heart to set in? Um, are you creating a barrier between you and God or between you and your husband, between you and your closest relatives, friends, whoever that is? Um, because when we have a hard heart, that's what happens. We're creating a barrier between us and the Lord and then in those other relationships. So we want to leave you with that. And um, just I'm praying that God is working on your heart. That he's tenderizing it <laughs> mm -hmm. even as we talk today. And um, I don't know, Lisa, do you want to close us out in prayer? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Lord Jesus, I thank you so very much for the time that uh, we get to spend together in your word. I imagine our listeners gathered in my little space here that we're not separated by the miles because we're connected by our love for you, Jesus, and by our desire to live according to your word. I thank you for Angela and her uh, bringing us into this passage in scripture and beginning that conversation and thinking what might be causing us to be hard-hearted and what does it look like to become tender-hearted? God, would you meet us where we are and bring us to where you want us to go? making us into the women that you see us to one day become as we live this life and await to see you face to face. And I pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Oh, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We are praying you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word through being with us today. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and free downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.